You are listening to the Music Mondays with Mazement podcast. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. For more information, go to musicmondayspodcast.com. In this episode, we are going to get into the latest news. I'm going to share the inside scoop on my releases over the past year, as well as my favorite moments on this podcast over the past year. And then I'm going to close this episode out with my hip-hop song, and my EDM songs of the year. Here it is. Welcome back to the final episode of season four of the Music Mondays with Mazement podcast. I am your host. Mazement. And as you heard, this is going to be a quicker episode than normal, but there's a lot of stuff packed into this one. But most importantly, for the first time ever, as you heard, I am doing a highlight reel in this episode of the past year's guests that have come on this podcast and various segments. I'm going to play a clip of each person and just give you a heads up in between each clip, just to let you know who's saying what and what's going on. If you're listening to this on audio, otherwise you'll be able to watch these clips on YouTube along with this episode. Before we get into anything, I hope you had a great weekend and you're prepping for a big new year here going into 2022. We can only go up from 2021. So I hope you're preparing wisely as I'm trying to do myself all around, whether it's career oriented or health is the biggest thing on the docket right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice that my mixer is taking up a quarter of the screen. Now I ended up raising it up and putting my interface under it. Seemed like it worked a lot easier in the studio here. So if it's obnoxious, let me know. Otherwise it's here to stay. So Let's get into a fact. Music Mondays, music facts. Ed Sheeran's song, Shape of You, is the first song to ever reach 3 billion streams on Spotify. Music Mondays, music facts. Biggest piece of news in the music industry within the past few months was Britney Spears' conservatorship that her father owned all the rights to everything she did. She had absolutely no control over anything she did musically. I think in her life, I got into her personal life too with her kids and stuff. There was a documentary that came out on Netflix you should check out. Well, if I didn't mention anything last month, it's been going on, but now it's been last month, the conservatorship closed. She won it in court um, over her father. She regained control of her legal affairs this month. She's now able to sign her own contracts and all that, which wasn't she wasn't able to do up to now. You know, it's kind of crazy. People that dismissed Britney Spears years ago because, you know, maybe she wasn't hitting top of the charts, didn't realize this. I mean, I was one of them. I didn't realize what was going on. And then I heard it and I was like, oh, my God, everything makes sense now. That's why she, you know, was seen crazy in the news and everything. I mean, that's going to make anybody crazy. So more power to her. That's awesome that she wanted out and that she's getting her life back. Now, amid an Omicron variant surge in New York City, a New York City venue known as City Winery is now only accepting musicians to perform if they have a proof of vaccination. 
So the reason I'm bringing this up is because I feel like this is about to happen more and more. I mean, it's been going on the past few months. You've been hearing more and more places uh, saying it. Certain restaurants are requiring you to show proof of vaccination. You're also seeing a lot of people showing a fake vaccination card that they got made up. So there's going to be a lot of play with this. You know, you're going to see a lot of fakes. You're going to see, you're going to hear about it in the news, obviously, because it's controversial and that's what the news is. But I'm saying this just because we're getting a new year's here and we're looking into 2022 and this kind of goes to show like what will be required in this new world with COVID, you know, um, at least for the next year or so, we're going to have to show proof of vaccination even more than just music venues. We might even have to do it at a gas station. Eventually, you never know how bad this gets, you know, if it keeps, if there's new variants coming out as often or quicker than what they are right now, then, you know, anything's possible. So Getting the vaccination is a personal choice. That's up to you. But I'm just saying this is what's going on and this is how it'll affect you if you aren't vaccinated. You may not be able to go see your favorite artist in concert or if you are an artist, you may not be able to perform where you plan on performing. So check in on this, stay updated with where you're going and make sure that these protocols are, aren't going to conflict with anything you have planned coming up anytime soon and you know throughout the next year speaking of the new year you may have heard pete davidson and miley cyrus will be hosting a new year's eve party you could check it out there's also an all-star lineup of performers that will be performing as well like billy joe armstrong from green day brandy carlisle saweetie and more it'll broadcast live on nbc december 31st at 10 30 p.m and it'll go until 12 30 a.m so make sure you tune in to that. Otherwise, if you're listening to this after New Year's, I hope you checked it out. If not, I hope you guys are having a great start to your new year here. And be sure to check out the clips of that if it has already passed. What has passed is 2021. And in this past year, I did have a few releases worth noting. The latest was Hometown with Release Duo, my group. Uh, right before that was Something New. Both releases did exceed my expectations and I continue to keep marketing them moving forward. So if you didn't check them out, go check them out now. Hometown and Something New by The Real East Duo. You may be wondering why I didn't have any solo releases this past year because this project with Real East Duo was really my main focus. It took over everything. I do plan on some solo releases in 2022 though. So stay tuned for that. More information on that will be coming out soon. But for 2021, it is in the books. The other thing that took up a lot of my time this this past year that I'm super grateful for is, you know, this podcast and artists on call, like everybody I featured on it and even like Rob Swift coming on for um, a Music Monday's Hangout segment and Nerdy G coming on for a Rise Up exclusive, which was a new segment, you know, so having everybody on, it's been a great learning experience. I've learned a lot. I became a fan of more musicians that I than I intended to when I first came into the year. I was like, oh, I'm probably going to stick to my circle here and listen to them. But Artists on Call does that for me, and I hope it does the same for you. And if you missed any, this episode is going to be perfect for you because we're about to play the highlights this past year. Just a few things from each um, conversation I had with these artists that might be appealing to you. I just kind of picked random clips, no method or madness to it. I just figured these were different things that you may want to hear that they were talking about. Before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. Hey guys, 
Let's take a quick break to talk about our latest sponsor, Load Boost. You know that satisfying feeling you get after a performance? In bed? You can now make that better by making that sensational feeling last longer with Vitaly Boost's latest product, Load Boost. Vitaly Boost is an established leader in the men's health and sexual health supplement market, offering products ranging from energy supplements to supplements for sexual health. If you're curious about the science behind Load Boost, visit Vitaly Boost Health Guide at VitalyBoost.com. That's V I T A L I B O O S T.com. Go to the link in the episode description of this episode. You'll find information from peer reviewed academic journals above the active ingredients in all Vitaly Boost supplements. Don't hesitate on enhancing your experience with this product. Right now, go to VitalyBoost.com. So as stated, I put together a little highlight reel for the past year of different clips of the different people that have come on this podcast and shared their experience and their stories. And this first one was recorded on January 25th, and it was Lee Leprechaun. He came on and he shared his story, and this is him talking about his music process as an EDM DJ. Sometimes I'm inspired by a song. Like I'll use it for a reference track. Like say I hear like the way it's structured a certain way. I'm like, okay, I want to kind of mimic that, but with my sounds. So I'll throw a reference track in there and I'll follow it eight bars by eight bars. Like, all right, they've got kicks here. They've got a snare that comes in at this time piece. They've got a riser here. I'll kind of mimic that for structure, but I'll use my own sounds for it. And a lot of times uh, I'll just sit there and go through like someone's sample pack and start listening to stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that sound. And then I'll go through and try it myself. This next one was on February 22nd, and it was Ellis Meek shared his story as well. There was a little cassette tape boom up in Canada where he's living. Check it well, out. Well, in Canada, is, is, aren't, aren't cassettes like in or weren't they just in still for like distribution? They had a brief uh, resurgence in this certain sect of people. Yeah. But it was pretty short-lived, you know, it, it kind of... Went on a thing where there were certain artists doing the tape label thing briefly. I'm sure it's still out there in a minimalist sort of way, but not as much as it was a couple of years ago. Well, they were so excited to get tapes, and then they, you know, hop in their, you know, 2021 Lexus or whatever, and they're like, yeah, we don't have a tape cassette player in here, so that was pointless. <laughs> on March 29th, Naeja Chanel came on, and she expressed how music has a feeling as an artist to her, and maybe you have the same perspective. Listen here. Music has a feeling, you know? So me, I'm like, I'm trying to give a feeling in every way that I can. If you're feeling good, great. If you're feeling sad, okay, great. If you want to get through it, you know, we can get through it together. So that's really more so what I try to look at when I go to make these different kind of music, you know what I'm saying? On April 26th, the Odyssey came on. That's KJ and DJ Johnny Juice. And we were talking about how the music industry is filled with way too many genres right now, and they love to label. Listen to the word that they should now trademark that Johnny Juice came up with at the end of this one. Industry has boxes, and if they can't, they, they, if they can't stick you in a bucket, they don't know what to f- you. And we don't belong. We don't go in a bucket. We go in five buckets. You know. The first person, the first thing that the first person, the first thing that people ask you if you say you're a musician, God, I don't know what to tell them. You should say what I say, the good time. So they say, what kind of music do you make? The good kind. 
right? So uh, the thing is, somebody asked me a long time ago, what genre did I call it? I'm like, I committed genre side a long time ago. On May 31st, Nerdy G came on and talked about the process of the song that we created together called Only Human. Listen to how he came up with his side of the process and how the experience was for him. On from me, I don't know. I don't know what you need from me. I don't know. You know, that was just going to my head over and over and over again to where I just had to put it down. And then after saying it so much, you know, my words just started to form themselves. It's also the mindset I was in at that point because, you know, I just lost a friend of mine. It was, it was just where I was at, you know, headspace wise. And, you know, one thing that people won't know about that session is we've been, I couldn't even tell you how many sessions we've done the past few years. You know, obviously this was, you know, for, this was originally going to be a group track, but mm-hmm. then once it came time, I was like, you know what, this has nerdy G written all over it, you know, cause I'm, I only wrote one verse to it. And I'm like, you know, if anything, we'll do a feature or whatever like that. And, you know, obviously you ended up deciding that. And but we made that beat live, you mm-hmm. know, like we made that. That might have been one of the quickest beats I've ever made. made the and, beat and we wrote on like that, exactly. That, it was like all on. done in one oh, session. Oh. We knew what was going on. I mean, obviously me overanalyzing everything. It took me probably a week just to get my verse right. But Nerdy G had a <laughs> sounded great on June 21st. DJ Rob Swift came on and talked about winning his first DMC battle. Listen here. First battle was in March of 1991 after training with Dr. Butcher for about eight months. And I placed third in that competition. And then the following year, I entered the same battle and won. But in between that, I had a lot of failures and setbacks. You know, there were many battles throughout that year that I entered. It took me a full year to realize my goal and win. And I think the moral of the story there is people might fixate on, wow, it took them a year to win a competition, but don't get it twisted. Within that year, I entered multiple battles that I lost. On July 26th, Kai's came on and with the success that he's had, he shared his opinion on whether you should go to school or not if you're seeking a music career. Listen to what he said. Yeah, I do. I do recommend it to be, to be quite honest with you, because like sometimes there are certain questions that you just cannot find the answers for on, like, say, YouTube, uh, because because like, yes, yes, YouTube is like really detailed. Uh, you know, you get like people uh, filming themselves, like working on a digital audio workspace, showing you how things are done. But uh, it's just not enough to to go into like the super detailed questions that you sometimes can just cannot find an answer for unless you have like an instructor in the room to point out, you know, exactly what to do. On August 30th, I spoke to Halfon. We discussed the evolution I noticed in his music. The growth seemed much more substantial than I'm used to hearing. Listen to what he had to say about it. I did notice like a big growth, like not, don't take this the wrong way either. I, like, I, I mean, promise you I won't. Yeah. <laughs> if you say, uh, you sound than you did before and be like oh everything i'm doing is just it's all been a lie (laughs) there was this um i listened to a lot of your old stuff prior to this episode and um i was listening to it and then i compared it to to the new ep that just came out you know Mm -hmm. in transit 
And I was like, wow, there was like a lot of growth in between there, you know, like, man. And like what it was, was like, what I mean by that is like, I I liked a lot of the songs I'm trying to think of specifically as I'm saying that I'm trying to think of the songs I listened to, but I liked them a lot. There was one thing or a few things about each song I liked individually. And then like, when I listened to in transit, I was like, whoa, I was like, is the same artist? I was like, it's totally like, it was like totally like evolved. And you could say like growth is the best word. Yes. What do you think it was in between you know, your first recording and this one. I think one of the one of the, the big factors in this was a hundred percent working with AJ. Cause seriously, I am I'm just like so eternally grateful to just have him give me his time. We spent a lot of time working on everything. I, one of the things that I had mentioned too was just that point freshman year of college where my sound kind of took a turn for the better. And then four years down the line, going in from like senior year into um, like that, it's not actually a gap year, but the gap between my graduation and moving to New York, which is basically just like post-grad, like first half of the pandemic together, my sound had hit another point where I was just really leaning into the experimental thing. And just really trusting my ear. I think a lot of times I'd use references and being like, oh, I'm going to like produce like this or produce like that. I just sort of trusted the techniques that I had learned over time and just kind of let run haywire. Uh, so it was basically like coming through to New York and actually being able to work in a proper studio really helped me focus. I'm trying to think, I don't want to say focus my power because that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> it's it super hero. I know. Like, I know. Seriously, right? Um, focus your strength. Actually focus my strength specifically. Yep. Um, into just like applying a formulas, B just fucking around with it and C just giving myself more confidence to just trust myself and work with it. On September 27th, Jason Mitchell, the basis of low down dirty came on and was talking about their song shine and explain what the wobble sound was in that song. You won't believe it. Listen here. I'm like, you hear that, that initial melody that what kind of it sounds like a hip hop beat. That, that womp, 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 womp. That's the first thing I thought of was like EDM, like dubstep. I was like, dude, that's kind of sick. It's his guitar. That's a guitar. I thought that. I was thinking, uh, yeah. I, was like, I was like, did he have like a pedal or something? Like a foot pedal? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, he makes all his own effects. He's got one, of the, he's got an axe effects. So uh, that it's a digital amplifier. You can kind of go in there and like make your own sounds and tones and then bring them with you. Uh, so yeah, he created that sound. On October 25th, Chloe Wilder came on and spoke about how and when she first started playing piano. Listen here. Oh, I've been taking piano lessons since I was like four and we'd always oh, wow. had a piano in my house. Um, my grandma had gotten a piano before I was born and she ended up not playing it, but it was like a really great piano. And I was just like the one who always, and I was little. And so I would just like bang on it when I, you know, walk by or whatever. <laughs> um, and then eventually I started, but it was cool too, because it wasn't something like, you know, my mom didn't like push me to take piano lessons, which I feel like creates like the angsty musician thing, which I am one, but I wasn't pushed into you know taking piano lessons like and I'm glad that I was so like classically trained that early in life but um it was something I was all in like I wanted to do that so bad I just really really enjoyed music and um and yeah so that was all me on November 11th I had a bonus episode for the hometown release which featured Steve Dunn who's a musician from my hometown area he actually came on and shared his tips on how to navigate the music industry when you first come in, listen to what he had to say. The first thing I would suggest is figure out what type of music, like if they want to do originals 
or if they're open to doing covers so that they can get in front of generous crowds to hear their original music, I would tell them to do that. I would tell them to even get into booking bands, you know, booking shows for other bands, because that's kind of a lost art. And, you know, they collect a commission, but they're also developing a relationship with that venue at the same time. Yep. So if you're out searching for venues to play, how great would it be if you're also searching for venues? You say, uh, oh, I have this band that'll play there and they, they pay me 15% of what you pay them. Yeah. So, but you're also developing a contact. And I would tell people to, I mean, work on their Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and just, I, I think you have to in this climate. I remember hearing you should put out a record every eight months. And I thought that was daunting. But now when I hear about it, you know, I hear people go, you should put out a song a month minimum right. and for the whole for the whole month, make sure you nonstop, you can't let off the gas anymore because you lost in the algorithm. And once you're out of it, you're out of it forever almost, yep. unless you buy it back in. Right. So I would tell artists to do that. Continuously write, write with other people, continuously release good music that people like, sell directly, find the fans that like you, find out exactly what they want, sell them that instead of trying to tell them to buy something you created that you thought they would like. Book bands and, you know, just can never stop. You, you got to be relentless in this business now. And the final artist on call of 2021 was Eddie Callier. He came on and shared this crazy story about his first introduction to the pandemic and how it happened when he was performing live. Won't believe this story. Put yourself in his shoes on this one. Uh, it was March of 2020, and I booked a, a flight, and I was going to be there for an entire month. I booked out shows. I you know, booked sessions and all this other stuff like that. I got out there, and everything was amazing. I loved like the energy and the vibe. And then I, uh, I was on stage one night, and the police came to the door and said, at 12 o'clock, everyone has to be out of here because there is a mandatory quarantine in effect. Wow. Yeah. And so I ended up um, leaving there and uh, getting kind of stranded in L.A., having to figure out stuff. Thankfully, I had some amazing people, and I'll probably talk about that a little bit more later around me but um yeah in that time though even with all of the pandemic stuff and crazy things happening LA was still like the place because just mentally emotionally spiritually physically it just felt right being there as you can tell 2021 was pretty action-packed on this podcast and I tried to keep it as interesting as possible so if you have Anything you'd like to say to me, hit me up on all the socials at Music Mondays Podcast, all one word, or go to musicmondayspodcast.com and send me a message from there as well. And as promised, we're going to close this episode out with my hip hop song of the year and my EDM song of the year. But before we get that, just want to go over my 2021 goals. So my goals for 2021 were to get 25 YouTube subscribers for this podcast. Didn't happen. I believe we have like 13, 14, so halfway there. But I didn't really promote it as much as I should do, so I'm at fault for that. Second goal I had was to launch the new group, which happened, like I said, 
It's going great. So no complaints there. And the final goal I had for 2021 was to have to perform three shows. Those three shows didn't happen either. We did one live, but it wasn't three. So that goal didn't happen. But what I'm going to do to make it more fair is I'm going to do two shows for 2022. I want to perform twice and that's physical in front of people twice, two times. I also want to release five releases, whether that's my solo releases or release duo for you to hear because we got so much stuff we're working on right now and I can't wait for you to hear it. And my final third goal for 2022 will be to get that 25 YouTube subscribers, but actually this year push for and actually promote the right way to get them. So there's my three goals for 2022. Here is my hip hop song of the year. Basement's hip hop song of the year. J. Cole, Let Go My Hand. This song was deep. It was powerful. It had so many different hip hop elements to it, being a hip hop track. Lyrically, he brought me in as a listener and really captured my attention and brought me into his feelings and everything. It was an awesome expression on his part. The artistic value all around, whether it was the chorus or the verses, was amazing. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. It's off of his album this past year, which would be my album of the year as well if I had that as a category. It was off the off season, but it's called Let Go My Hand by J. Cole. And my EDM song of the year. Mazeman's EDM song of the year. Delta Heavy, Work It. This song it's a little repetitive because they won EDM song of the year last year or the year before, I think. But out of all the songs I listen to, whether it's EDM, hip hop or whatever genre, eventually we'll have more genres on here for song of the year. But for EDM song of the year, this is the one that stuck me. I was playing it every week. It was addictive. It like, kept me focused. It has so many different uses for when I listen to it. And I love it. It gets stuck in my head. They did a great job on this one. And they do a great job making it into my EDM song of the year every year. But if you haven't heard it, go check it out if you're an EDM fan. Like I said, in the next few years, maybe we'll implement some more genres. But for now, there's my songs of the year. And this will wrap up 2021 for this podcast. Moving on into 2022, I have some awesome things in store that I can't wait for you to experience. So stay tuned on that. Thank you for tuning in. Don't hesitate to reach out on any of the socials or anything at Music Mondays Podcast. Until next episode. 